When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you, are you done yet? We're going to start the show. <laughs> fans welcome back to the black and gold hockey podcast this is episode 160 brought to you by show sponsor betonline.ag go to betonline.ag and set up a free account and please use code clns50 when you drop a little cash on your first deposit you get a sweet little freaking bonus so this is episode 160 and technically this is the it's kind of really cool that we eat on an even number because this is the last episode of the calendar year 2019. Joining me as always for, I don't know how many months now, dating back to probably June, is my friend Heather Ingerson. What's up, Heather? Nothing, just here. Here just, we are, <laughs> functioning. Yeah. We're upright. Yes. Gonna talk some hockey, last day, well not last day, but last Sunday of the year. It is. Last Sunday of the teens. It is. It's not the last Sunday. Starting of the decade, a new decade. Everyone. The decade always starts on the one people. I just want to let you know that from a historical standpoint. So <laughs> that's fine though, but reflecting, I was like, what happened to the last two decades? Remember when it wasn't even oh, 2000? It's it going like, by too fast. Wow. And it doesn't get any easier as I get older. What have I done in the but last 20 years? Speaking of things that aren't easy, but good and when it comes down to family and friends um, how was your Christmas? It was all right, you guys. It was good. It was good. It was really quiet. Um, uh, father-in-law Frank still in the hospital uh, mending he seems to be getting better hopefully coming out soon uh, but no it was a good day got my, my dad got to see the pups which mm. was awesome I love Buster and Winston those, those guys are 
they make my day every time I see them. Buster so, Two, you mean? I love Buster. Yeah, Buster Two. That's right. The original Buster is is now, is well, long long been gone. But uh, no, it just it was it was a good day and it was good to be with family and got some really good gifts. Got some gift cards, which I went out and bought some hockey related books. Shocker. I know. I I, I bought. Did you the, get the Timo? No, I did not. I bought I bought I the Tales of a First Round Nothing uh, from um, Terry Ryan, former NHLer. I bought Mike Comito's uh, Hockey 365. Nice. He's a he's a great writer. Um, shout out to him. And I also bought Russ Conway's um, um, book about corruption in the NHLPA because uh, Alan Eagleson, the one that screwed mm -hmm. over um, Bobby yeah. Orr. You know, so he wrote a book about that. That's the I bought book. that. Yeah, it is. It's a '92 um, um, publish. Yeah. But uh, it, I heard it was worth it, so I'm excited about getting those books uh, in the next coming week. But um, with the night 2019 calendar year, it's pretty much over after this episode. We we will be in 2020 uh, next Sunday. But um, what what? came out to you in 2019, Bruins related, that you're proud of or, or want to reflect on the year? That's hard because... There's so many. There's so many. Like, I guess I'll just... I guess the thing I was most proud of is I don't care what anyone says about how easy or whatever it was going. I know it seems silly to be proud your team didn't win the championship, but... I think that this year and in continuing into this season, the Bruins proved, like, everyone's going to always talk about Chicago and Pittsburgh because they won multiple chance, you know, this and that, and Boston had their chances because they could have, you know, whatever. But I think that 2019 proved that unlike the other places that kind of ebb and flow, not saying like they're, they're still not, well, not Chicago this year, but perennial powerhouses, but like Boston is still badass and it's still always going to be in your face and it's still going to always be, you know, yeah, it was an easier road, but it doesn't matter. You didn't play shit. I mean, I don't know why Carolina played so crappy, but they did like, but they could have easily won a game or two on, a, you know, like, so whatever. Toronto, we could have easily lost that seat. You know, I don't know. So I guess I'm most proud that the Bruins proved to be badasses again and just they're such a family and a core. And, like, just you're not just messing with, like, your your team. Like, you're messing with a city. You're messing with, yeah. a band, like, a true band of brothers. I get that's for everybody's team. But, like, we're a team that people are like, ugh, Boston, because... It's not the Patriots winning all this because we're we're Bruins fans. We don't get all that limelight, you know what I mean, and right. all that. Like we suffer. We've had our chances this year, but for ten years now, this team plus has been just a just a stand up, kick you down. No matter who's on this team, you know. But this this year's crop, like this last season, was just something special to watch. Yeah. But my favorite favorite moment was when Tory Krug fucking leveled out. Thomas it was a good hit. Everyone loved it. Uh, I, I, Fucking Boston was, awesome. was freaking out. The that new Bobby Oak, excuse the F-bomb, but really everyone's like, oh my god, it's the new Bobby Oak picture. Stole, right. stole a little bit of my thunder there, Heather. Uh, Sorry. That was something Should we did not previous talk. discuss, but um, uh, yeah, I'm very proud of the, the, the you know, the, them making it to the Stanley Cup Finals. 
um, last season. Ultimately, we all know that they lost, and and you could pick apart why they lost, and and if if this addition was there, we would have gotten you know blah blah blah. We wouldn't got to push it around. I'm I'm sick, so sick of that narrative, um, because I'm still on the on the fence that. You, you lost. You Big need game. goals at yeah. the end of 60 minutes or overtime to win a game. Uh, throw the toughness uh, narrative out. I'm sick of the old school, uh, blah, we need this and that. But anyway, it's just it's just really cool that they've gotten that far. And by doing that, you know, and, and I get it that they didn't win, but they're also showing the franchise fans that they're – Constantly working, trying to make things better to get back to that place every year, which is, you know, they, it's not going to happen every year, but it just gives a nice comfort that, hey, in a winning environment, like you mentioned with the Patriots and, and this and that and who else has been winning uh, championships, you know, that's good. It's good to see progression like that. And so I'm proud of uh, the the way this team has been and and I look forward to hopefully another, you know, playoff year whether they make the first round or go all the way, yeah. it's going to be great. So that's what, what I want to take away from 2019 is just the progression of this, of this franchise moving forward. And, and it doesn't seem like we're going to stop. So it's like going forward. It's this team's gone through changes, but not a lot of changes too. You know what I mean? Like yep. you said, we always have something changing. We have a solid, solid core and the core grows. You know what I mean? Sometimes we 10 of the eight, 18 or whatever that skate that night are, hardcore players but uh and people coming in and out you know what actually that's a weird thing to think of too because i don't remember what i was listening to but they had mentioned something and was steve camper and i was like steve camper has been a bruin on and off forever so you know what i know i don't always give him love or whatever but i would like to say thanks for your endurance buddy <laughs> i forget right. that he was a different level defenseman in in his career you know yep. what i mean because he's you know things so yep. anyways that's my but, men's for 2019. <laughs> Sorry, Steve. <laughs> Let's talk about the um, the last two games that of 2019 that we're going to do on the show, and that's obviously the the um, Washington Capitals game at TD Garden on December 23rd. Uh, Caps come to the to the Garden and uh, uh, <laughs> entertaining game. Uh, this was I, I just. I'm the type of person that notices trends, and I know a lot of people out there do the same, but when you play the Washington Capitals, you're just kind of like, oh, Jesus, schedule loss. You know what I mean? Which is which is not good to say. But Well, not for anything, but our record in the last couple of It's not good. Yeah, it's, it's not, not good. good at all. But uh, quickly, getting off the board in the first period, the Boston Bruins had a four-goal lead at the, fir- at the first, uh, after the first frame. Jake DeBrus scores his ninth from David Krejci and, and Matt Grizzlick on the power play at the 5.37 mark. Uh, Brad Marchand scores his 19th at the 13.29 mark from Pasternak and McAvoy, giving them a 2 to nothing bump. Anders Bjork pitches in in the first frame festivities with his 6 from Coyle and Corrali. That gives them a 3 to nothing lead. Patrice Bergeron, his 14th from Pasternak and Krejci at the 18.57 mark of the first period. That was on the power play, so the power play looks good. Um, So jumping to the second period, Charlie Coyle gets a shorthanded goal at the 6.55 mark from Brad Marchand, giving the Boston Bruins a 5-0 lead. 
and obviously that was a cushion that the Bruins kind of sat on a little bit. Um, Alex Ovechkin scores his 23rd in the second period at the 14:35 mark, uh, and then starting the third period um, at the 15:29 mark, the uh, Capitals Lars Eller, piece of crap, scores his eighth to give the Boston Bruins a 5-2 lead. In the third period, at the 16:50 mark, David Krejci scores his eighth from Corrali. Uh, and Garnet Hathaway scores his sixth. He's another piece of crap at the 17:47 mark of the third period. And finally, to end the game and give a two-goal effort to Patrice Bergeron, not just his 15th from Marchand and Pasternak, giving the Boston Bruins a 7-2-3 beat Boston beatdown of the uh, the Washington Capitals. And um, screw your record, screw your whatever. We got to win. So, um, thoughts on this game and uh, some goaltending stats or anything that you happen to um, gather over the week? Well, one, I was thinking special teams was much better. And Tuca stopped 39 out of 41 with a 929 versus Washington, which is, thank you, Tuca, looking like Tuca. Yep, season. Second period was a little iffy. It was a lot of Washington, you know what I mean, or whatever. The thing of this game, obviously, is that we had two defensemen go down, right? Tory Krug on a clean hit, everyone, you know, but let's face it, Wilson isn't exactly a guy who doesn't throw a clean hit with intent to injure either. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, you can... Piece uh, of trash. Which, whatever, fair enough, it was a clean hit, you are a hog, you know, so... Krug's I don't care if you're a Bruins fan or a Washington Capitals fan, and that guy, clean or not, is a piece of trash. Yeah, I... Everyone bitches about Marshawn, and you know we're the first to admit, like, Marshawn can be a jerk. But Marshawn has matured to not always be the jerk. Yeah. Wilson is always a dick. Like, you get suspended in preseason. And, like, it just... At what point is he going to get a serious, like, a 30-game or a half-a-season suspension? For, I'm not saying that this particular hit on crew, but just generally. Like, yep. I mean, that's why I was so happy. You know, I... He was more like Tom Wilson tonight because Char wasn't there to whoop his ass. So next time we see you, Washington, maybe for that Eastern Conference final. And speaking of uh, Zdeno Chara, he was out in this game uh, having some hardware replaced. Um, I thought this was a scheduled uh, surgery dating back to when he broke his jaw. But uh, come to find out, his, his plates and hardware were infected. Um, I, I'm, I'm understanding this commonly happens. Yeah. So they go in, they clean everything out, and then they take the plates and redo them, and he's back on. And it was only scheduled to um, to miss that game against the Capitals. So, um, and this game particularly for me was was like that next man mentality of uh, you know we're down two significant people. Um, I thought that a, a guy like Brandon Carlo was just like an unbelievable uh, entity out there to really make up for that loss whether he was being double shifted or not um i he just think that he yeah i just think that he went uh, to a higher level to to uh really help out 10 out of 18 players got points that's nice we're always complaining no one spreads the points around secondary whether that's scoring. first or secondary assists whatever i do think secondary assists do count because really you wouldn't get the secondary assist if you didn't directly relate yep. to the assist that led yep. to the goal but Bergie had two goals that's awesome coyle had a goal and assist Krejci had a goal and two assists uh, Corrali had two assists, Marshy got a goal and two assists, and Pasta had three assists, proving that, 
I can't get, even if I don't get the puck in the net, like, eh. and they're funny, Marshawn and Pat, because, like, Mar, you know, whatever, Bergeron from Pasternak and Marshawn, so the next one has to be the opposite, like, they always have to be keeping up with each other, but, uh, keeping up with the Jones, McAvoy, uh, Oshie, I was surprised, like, I mean, I know TJ, I, I do, I love TJ Oshie, very, I hope he still can represent Team USA in the Olympics kind of thing, because you know how I love the Winter Olympics. But, um, yeah, yeah. it was time. a good game. I do think, though, that there was the middle frame was a little too much time on our end. So good on Tuca for keeping his head straight and, you know, having a bounce-back week, because our, our goalies have had a rough about, and good to have them. Yeah. We had, our other goalie played, though, on Friday. First Buffalo. Yes, and we will get to that game. Uh, right now, but oh, before we do that, I just want to say it was uh, it was a pleasure to see uh, a goaltender, uh, an elite goaltender like Braden Holby, get chased. That was that was a very very gratifying feeling for me, um, proving that um, this Bruins team can get the puck past uh, elite goaltenders like this when they get their opportunities. Um, I want to see more of it. Um, the putt, you know the pass pass. Pass, 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 pass uh, all the time is just annoying sometimes. So fire it on net and you, you see what happens, you know. I would like to apologize to Washington's uh, netminder, Samsonoff, that every time I will always, always call you <laughs> Sergey, and it's not really your fault. It's just because I loved him. <laughs> he, I did not. Right. Injuries, another dude that was so sick but just always injured. Okay, let's move on to Friday. Friday. We skipped three days because of the, the mandatory uh, holiday break, and hopefully all, all the NHL players, all 700-plus of them, were able to be with families and friends and enjoy the, the Christmas holiday. Um, but getting back to work uh, on Friday night, the Buffalo Sabres, um, no, the Boston Bruins were in Buffalo um, shout out to my boy Chris Mancuso. Uh, he does the weekend rap on you on YouTube, and he has his own podcast now that's on all the um, platforms. Go check it out. He's a he's a very exciting, passionate Bruins fan. Let you know how it really how how it goes. And um, he's one of my boys, and I can't wait to hang out with him in Boston. I have a bottle of Crown Royal Peach waiting for him, especially for him. So. We're going to have a lot of fun when he comes to Boston. But anyway, the uh, Bruins were in Buffalo uh, on the road, which uh, they've uh, had uh, really good success um, with the 10-6-1 record. And the, uh, I'm sorry, it was a 9-6-1 record before the Friday's game. But uh, Patrice Bergeron gets the thing started. Um, great to have him back. And it uh, doesn't look like that groin's bothering him much anymore, which no. is which is pretty good. Glad they didn't go the surgery route because it would have been a lot longer with him being out. And, and we talked about in the pre-show how they sacrificed points back in, a while ago when they went out through, through that tough stretch. You know, but they're getting it done now. But Bergeron gets his 16th from Pasternak and Marchand on the power play at the 1938 mark of the first period. Bergeron again scores his 17th in the second period at the 1826 mark uh, from Marsh and, and Pasternak. Uh, this, this line just keeps they're clicking, they're clicking. And in the third period, to wrap up this game and give uh, Yaroslav Halak a, a much earned shutout, I know we're going to talk about uh, something uh, with him later on. Uh, Coyle, I mean, sorry, Carlo gets his fourth from Coyle 
and Marsh and at the 1806 of the third. Um, that was that an empty netter? Mm-hmm. It was. I really wish the NHL and the Bruins website would list that because they don't, and it pisses me off. Um, but I wrote down empty netter. So you're I'm the best. Say. That's why I got you. So the uh, the Boston Bruins win three to nothing. Um, it was a good win. Uh, and from my understanding, it's the second straight win in a row dating back to... 20. It's, uh, I think Judd Surratt said that 24 days since we had back-to-back wins. That's scary Almost a month. put in days. Yeah. Almost a month, like yeah. Like Thanksgiving time we're talking. And if you don't know Judd Surratt, he does the 98.5 play-by-play call on the Sports Hub and does a really good job. So, um, yeah. He's uh, our radio, Jack Edwards. Exactly. <laughs> So uh, when you look at the team stats, it was good to see that uh, Halak stopped 26 of 26, of course, getting the shutout. Um, and Stephen Camper got in, got the call in this game um, due to the injuries that uh, are with uh, um, McAvoy and... and um, McAvoy and Krug? Krug. I You're keep, really looking at me. Sorry, I'm, I'm getting, <laughs> just tongue tied again. It happens it's when I okay. when I get going. But um, no, I mean I think he stepped in pretty good. A lot of people were kind of pissy about him being on the power play, but he's the type of person that I would too because he's a good bumper player, maneuvers pretty well, uh, even though he doesn't get a ton of time at the NHL level. But um, and shortly after that game, he was uh, sent back down to Providence. So. Uh, that could either be a good sign as somebody's going to come back soon. Probably not tonight because I've already heard uh, Krug and Carlo are out for this yeah. evening. We'll talk about those games later on because they have four of them to talk about next week. So um, it could be a paper transaction too for cap reasons, whatever. But um, no, solid win uh, in Buffalo against a team that, you know, it's it, it's it's a good team. It's up on the rise. they got a lot of young players, but... Uh, they still sit way out of the uh, the picture when it even comes to a wild card position. So, um, we'll see what happens. Um, Brandon Carlo played 26 minutes in that game. That's huge. That's huge. That's a huge for him because... That's a huge confidence built up for him, yeah, too. Well, for, yeah, because his first year, you know, he did very well his first year, you know, for... He was... Be- he. I think people forget how young Carlo is. Like, he's not that old. Like, right. he's... Um, we talk about how young Charlie McAvoy is, but Carlo's really not that much, you know, older than him. And then he kind of struggled sophomore year because they brought McAvoy in and then he was with Chara and then it was whole working out, like, where can Carlo go? And when you're a young player, especially defensemen, they just develop differently yep. than forwards do. But, uh, I think that's good for him because it shows, because I think... As, he showed that's something in 2019. I guess I'd have to reflect and say I'd liked. I like how Brandon Carlo's coming into his own, and in two years that kid's gonna be a beast, and be in the tops of defensemen absolutely in this league. Mock my words, kids. But uh, yeah, campers are. I mean, again, I don't want them up there all the time, but. Uh, there, but Connor Clifton got into a little scruffle. Oh, with it. yeah. I was like, Connor, I didn't know you could throw a punch. So I knew he that. could throw a punch. He's been he's a scrappy guy. Um, he doesn't usually have to get scrappy. You right. Know what I mean? Right. So good for standing up for yourself and having a yep a dude moment. Absolutely. Was and and, Ryan, and what's his name? Griffin. Uh, is it Reinhardt? Yeah, Reinhardt. Yeah, Reinhardt didn't like the hit he gave. It was a clean hit. And then uh, took some liberties on Clifton uh, when the whistle blew in front of the net. And Clifton just doesn't take crap. 
uh, from that. I remember his first game in the NHL against the Dallas Stars when um, I can't I can't think of anybody's name today. That's all right. The point is he he plays for Toronto now, but he was with Dallas, an older player, Jason Spezza. Mm. You know, um, did the same thing. Didn't like what he had to do, what, what what Clifton might have done in front of the net, and Clifton obliged by dropping the gloves and dropping him. So. I'm a huge fan of Clifton. Want to see more of him? I think we will next season, but um, obviously that's with departures of current players. But we'll see what happens. I thought it was a good bounce back week. Yeah, I mean it, it was a it was a short week, um, two games, but whatever. You got two straight wins, and they build on that. Uh, looking to the future and the upcoming schedule, which we will talk about right now. So, with that being said, there are four games coming up this week. So, guys, if you want to get in on the action and place some bets on any of the games, I suggest you go to show sponsor betonline.ag and place a bet. Use the code CLNS50 code and you get a sweet bonus when you drop your first deposit. Uh, hockey, football, and basketball seasons are in full swing. Get into the game with our exclusive sports betting partners, betonline.ag. Sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit to start betting. College ball or professional or hockey or anything else worldwide. Every spread, every total, every winner or loser, straight bet, parlay, or tease your way through the season. You can even bet on propositions as who's going to get the first 50 goal season. Uh, who will make the college playoff MVP football, and and who will be the NFL MVP? Get the latest to market odds, updates, and payouts with our new sports book partners, BetOnline.ag. Head over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and use promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag, your online sports book experts. So. Before we get into next week, let's recap where we are now. Okay. Our record's 23, 7, and 9. We got 55 points, yeah? Yes. Pretty good. First in the Atlantic, second in the conference, third in the league. So even though we had the rough spot, we came back this week, got some solid points, and seemed to be on the mend a little bit, right? Yes. We've got three games at home this week. Four? Oh, three, because one of them's away. Okay. Yes, I So our home record's... 13, 1, and 8, okay, 10, 6, and 1 away, so that's pretty good, and also the team we're playing away sucks, so that'll work out. Uh, we're 3, 4, and 3 with a two-game win streak in our last 10, so things are looking better than last week's statistics. Yeah, no kidding. What can we do this week, though? Definitely. Um, yeah, so they are playing Buffalo tonight as we record this on December 29th uh, in a home-and-home -home match against the Sabres. Uh, should be entertaining. Um, then they on the road in New Jersey uh, on the Tuesday. Tuesday, New Year's Eve. It's a 1, 1 p.m. game. So that should be entertaining. We'll see what happens. Um, uh, obviously, the Bruins do have a good road record, and New Jersey is really not that good. They are second to last in the Eastern Conference. Um, then they jump to oh, the new decade, yeah, yeah 2020, uh, on De um, December, January 2nd, they are at home against the Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, this will be the first time that these two teams have played this season, and uh, to end the week 
on Saturday. Saturday, 1 o'clock game. Wow, I'm pretty excited. Um, the Edmonton Oilers come to Boston. So uh, that's it for that. So hopefully uh, the Bruins get some home loving and, uh, and, a, and a roadie win against a team that's not so good with those uh, New Jersey Devils. So pretty pumped about that. Yeah, Jersey should be a win, hopefully. So if we lose to Jersey on the last day of the year, that will be the most depressing thing that happened in True. In 19. Um, but uh, I don't know if you mentioned any of the Buffalo games, but the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets are pretty much... Um, They're seventh in the Metro right now. Oh my god, I cannot see that. Third, I know, I was like, I can see you trying to see the thing. So, Jersey's horrible, Buffalo we talked about last week, and nothing's really changed so much. <laughs> you want to know why? Because I'm looking in the Western Division. Well, oh, that conference. would be a problem, because you should be looking in the Metro in the East. I was about to put an F-bomb on NHL.com, but that's totally my, my mistake. So, Columbus is a strange one, because they are 7th in their division, and 13th in our conference. And they're Satan when they're away from the Columbus Arena. They are 6-6-6. Six, six, and six. Right, I know. I was actually thinking that. I think David Paston actually gave them their paycheck the other day. Right. Uh, but they have 41 points, and Columbus is... They have one of my favorite coaches. John Tortorella. He's in, like, grumpy old man mode. Yeah, exactly. Because they have... Exactly. They, uh, in the last 10, are 6-1-3, and three, but the, he's doing the passive-aggressive thing with the media, apparently, in Columbus lately again, which, that's my favorite tort. Um, but so that's going to be tough. We haven't seen them yet this year, and who knows how well we're playing. But I mean, hopefully the boys aren't on a two-day hangover. Uh, got a cough. Hold on. <laughs> All right. Oilers. We haven't seen. Obviously, we don't see them a lot. They have forty-four points. They're like kind of like us. They were having really good streaks and stuff, and then they. They're also taking of, a yeah. They're also taking a huge dip right now. Yeah. And with all the players. In that lineup that are very good, very shocked to see them at a minus 11 goal differential, um, which means even with Connor McDavid and so on, Leon Dreisaitl and all these other complementing uh, uh, assets, they, they still can't get it done. So I hopefully the Bruins come out and play um, to win. You know, I mean, that's so cliche, but um, and hopefully they beat them. Yeah, they're eleven nine and one away. So, yes, not a very good um, road yeah, record yeah. at all. And in the last ten, the two seven and one. So, take advantage of that, please. Of course, things could change. I don't know what the Oilers' schedule looks like in the next week. So, no, that's very true. I so, just need to move around. Sorry. No, that's fine. That's fine. Got plenty of room in the studio, even though it doesn't look like it. Uh, <laughs> All right, so we are going to take our first break. We're going to hear from the great folks at College Hockey, Inc., uh, Brett Schlossman, Schlossman and Nate Ewell do a fantastic job over there. If you need to reach out and talk about um, college hockey and the route to get into college hockey and where you should play and what conference, these guys are a tremendous, tremendous source of information and, and always willing to help out. So we will be right back. Passion. Talent, development, NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 90% rate. Nick Bukestad. Backhand scores! Wow, what a goal! David Backus. Score! 
and Zach Parisi were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world! And we are back. Uh, just heard a great little commercial from the great folks at College Hockey Inc. Follow them on Twitter at College Hockey Inc. And uh, please check out their podcast on all uh, podcast platforms that you might have on your mobile phone, your PC, wherever you listen to any any cool stuff. Check them out. They're awesome. They do a great job. Um, so anyway, we are back and we are moving on to some uh, general topics that uh, we've gathered through the week or the last couple hours, whatever. Um, but... Um, Let's uh, hit on the Tory Krug and McAvoy injuries. I know we we, type, we tapped into uh, a little conversation. We were talking about the previous games, um, but um, this is never good when you have two young. Um, even, even though Krug is a, a veteran, uh, still young enough to be a, a huge member of this uh, defensive core, uh, along with McAvoy, who is a young and up and comer who's been playing a, really well lately. Uh, but you know, it just it, it's unfortunate that this stuff has to happen, and um, but uh, it's just it's just you know you address these injuries by committee. You look down at Providence, you find players. Obviously, uh, Camphor did an outstanding job, in my opinion, um, with uh, you know coming up and and, and playing a, a key role in their absence. Um, and also heard uh, today. Let me pull up my screenshots about uh, Tory Krug and McAvoy um, and they are not they did not practice today at all so my guess is they will not uh, be in the lineup tonight against the uh, Buffalo Sabres um, so yeah so yeah, he had said I know Casty yesterday I was reading this one it was on, just on, like, Nesson, and uh, said is that they both were there yesterday, and they were feeling better, but they obviously didn't skate, so they're not going to play Sunday, which we didn't expect. We thought originally day-to-day probably meant a couple of games, so my guess is next week we'll have a better idea once they're both on the ice. I think Tori both may skate tomorrow or Monday. Not, oh, I lost it, but, so ba- it, but then he said it said not with the team. Oh, here, sorry, that thing. I said not with the team, but at least get out there and see how to progress from there. So, uh, sounds actually like maybe Krug might be back before McAvoy, but they're at least with the team, so they've been reunited, and uh, we've played Jersey on Tuesday, so we know they're not playing today. So, it sounds kind of like latest, maybe. Thursday, yeah. they'll both be in, yeah. but maybe even Tuesday. they got to assess, but that... Also, though, you know, they had a couple days rest, which is good, and the team's just getting back into playing. They yep. came right back and had to go into the game, so it sucks having Krogan and McAvoy. And, and, to the, and to the folks that get frustrated when you see Stephen Camper come up and, and, and advocate why a player like um, Yerho Vakanainen is not uh, in the lineup, I, I know I'm not huge on left-right shot, but Stephen Camper is that right shot that is sorely missed from a guy like McAvoy um, and come to find out per Mark Diver uh, he used to write for the Providence Journal now he has his own website rinksiderhodeisland.com um, 
is uh, that Yerho Vakanainen is dealing with a um, an injury. And as a guy that follows the Providence Bruins and covers them on the regular, I don't exactly know exactly when this injury happened. I know he got hit in a previous game and and was out, but came back into onto the ice. And I thought that he looked pretty decent, but it might be a hindering from that. So I don't have a timeline on what day, but uh, no, I'm just I'm going to go back and just say that you know, kudos to the the Connor Cliftons, the the. Um, uh, Brandon Carlos that stepped up in, in, in the absence of Krug and, and McAvoy. So, I mean, that's just really good signs that your depth is really good uh, and you can have trust in, in a lot of these players that, you know, come in and they're not always you know, going to be there on a uh, top six every night. But, uh, you know, a ro the rotation of players available uh, is nothing wrong with that. So... Almost fell over. Yeah, crazy that. woman. Um, yeah, I think that was one thing. Like Buffalo, I mean, obviously Buffalo's been having their struggles. I mean, but Jack Eichel's sick, and uh, this is not good for Jeff Skinner. And you'd never like to see someone get hurt, but I'm happy to not have to play against Jeff Skinner yeah. tonight in the rematch. Uh, that sucks. He got hurt in that game. We forgot to mention that because he's a big piece of absolutely their puzzle. Um. But, like, let's face it, Jack Eichel, like, finally is starting to have a team that he can be the stud he is and yep. maybe show, you know, some stuff. He, he went on a really serious, like, point point uh, streak, yeah. but uh, lately, in his last two, he hasn't had any points, which is good going into tonight, so. But he's still on the leaderboards for oh, a, yeah. a lot of points and stuff. But um, I think it was good that, like, special teams look better than we've seen it looking lately yeah. and on both ends of the ice which is great even when you're missing a player like you're Krug, missing Krug that plays that bumper right or McAvoy on the PK yep. you know but he's he gets power play minutes too but I mean he's there so good for them and I think um before the game I was listening maybe it was the Washington it couldn't have been the Washington game right because that was the one Krug went on the beginning of the second yeah so before it must have been the Buffalo game and Bruce Cassidy said something like no one, because you know how everyone's always like, Grizzly, and this is nice to hear Bruce say, because you know how everyone's like, Grizzly can be Tory Krug. It's like, no, they are two different yes, Like we said, same skill set. And he said something along the lines like, we're not asking him to be Tory on the power play, we're asking him to be him and do what he does, and hopefully things will still happen good. Because, again, and it was nice to hear him kind of write, like, you are a different player. Like, your role is not to end up being, you know, replacing Tory Krug or whatever. Your job is to be... Matt Grizzly, which seems to be working out just fine on this Bruins yep. team. You know what I mean? For another one that years. stepped it up uh, recently. Stepped in it because of injury and worked his way onto the team, and he's been there since, you know? And yep. just like Bjork seems to be doing this year, like putting himself in there, and it's going to be hard to take him back out now. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Kind of so it's just a bummer. It sucks. You lose two. I just, our defense, it, it makes me nervous because sometimes when we lose two defensemen, that means we lose two more. Like yeah. we, we have literally had times and when I know. we are like only have one starting defenseman back if, there. There is absolutely no, no time where injuries are good. Mm -hmm. I, I get it. It's, that is also very cliche, but another thing that's cliche too is there is, it, it is the kind of an appropriate time to have this happen because now uh, we're going to be entering 2020 at, in a couple of days and that means that this team is going to be more prepared or getting prepared for another playoff run with how deep they go who knows mm -hmm. but still the mission is um, the calendar 
uh, plan is now changed. Now we're moving forward with this, and and I would rather. No, I, I hate saying this because it is so bad. But you know, injuries in in March and April uh, are not so good when you're trying to plan for a playoff run. But in in December and January, a little easier on the coach. Yeah, um, I gotta say now that I'm thinking about the playoffs, because now my brain has wandered to that. Sorry. I don't care how we land. If we play Toronto in the first round, I'm not watching. That's right. I'm not watching until I, I do. I just, I can't. I mean, to be fair, I'll listen to it instead of watch it. But I can't. This goes back. I'm sorry. Earlier, we, I was pondering about the playoff format that I hate so much. And I was like, well, this is stupid. Why don't they have number two? Why don't you have it, like, whatever. But then why don't you, ha why do you have to play within your division? And, like, that first round mostly, that's stupid. Why don't you have two on each division play each other in the conference for the first Jeez. round and let three in the second wild card play or whatever. Just Heather, anything, that would make too much sense. Anything that will... <laughs> you mean like going back to one through eight? Oh, I know. That's what I want. Holy I'm a smokes. huge advocate of that. But anyways, I'm just saying ahead of time. If we see Toronto... I don't care if we're two and three. I don't care if we're one in the, the second wild card. I don't care what it is. I cannot go through another seven games of Boston-Toronto. Right. To explode. I hear that. Um, so hopefully the Florida Panthers do better and the Montreal Canadiens do better because I never thought I wanted to vote for Montreal. Yeah, I know, isn't that Stop. terrible? I do. <laughs> just, I just want to break the, the Love ice. You, Claude Julian. Yeah. Um, let's move on to another topic and and kind of on the same preface, whatever on injuries. Um, I do want to bring up that the uh, 2020 World Junior Championships are going on right now and the Czech Republic is hosting this awesome event. It's an annual event where all the top prospects or most of the top prospects get involved. They play on this, this unbelievable 10-team tournament. Um, a lot of fun. There is a game on right now, but my stream is all messed up and I can't get it. Day three so, of the tournament, right? Yeah, it is day three. So, um, the United States is playing um, Russia uh, right now, and uh, John Beecher, 2019 Boston Bruins draft pick, and Curtis Hall, a 2018 uh, fourth rounder, I believe, third or fourth rounder, I'm not sure. I should know because I'm the prospect guy, but don't, because I'm old and slow. So anyway. Um, but, but you're self-actualized. I know, I know, right? Uh, but... Uh, uh, Boston Bruins prospect Jakob Lauko did not start his uh, 2020 World Junior Championships tournament in his host, in his native country, uh, very well. He only lasted 53 seconds into the game in the first period, in the first shift, uh, when he got hit pretty hard. Um, kind of reminded me of... Uh, somebody taking a hit low and then somebody else, another player coming in a little high. But uh, unfortunately, it looks like he tore his MCL and is uh, going to be reevaluated in four to six weeks. I'm assuming that Lauko has left his uh, native country, Czech Republic, where the tournament is being hosted to get the, um, the medical attention that he needs and to be with Boston Bruins training staff to get him uh, kind of more better on the whole healing process and, and rehab and whatever needs to be done 
I'm not, I'm, you know, a medical major at all, but... I'm sure they'll bring him home and have the team yeah. doctors and his personal doctors figure out his course of treatment from here. So it sucks because he was playing for the Providence Bruins and he was doing uh, a decent job in his uh, rookie season in the American Hockey League. Um, but one thing I wanted to bring out, I mean, to talk about, is the fact that uh, even though he was injured, he, he was um, along the in the stands but not in the stands in a seat he was uh sitting down in a fold-out chair with another fold-out chair in front of him and his leg up and wrapped uh clear to see on all videos on on twitter you can check them out but um the 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 just the, the look on his face the heavy breathing he was disappointed but you know that, that that's a given he's a hockey player with a lot of heart um, but my thing about that is he wanted to be out there to support his team. If he couldn't be on the ice, he wanted to be somewhere close by that sheet and um, and and give his uh, you know the native sons the um, uh, the vote of confidence that they need. And and they ended up winning, so which is good. Well, I think that's the World Juniors show how as much as I get inconveniences the NHL and this and that or whatever, like players. You're, from the time you're little, your first dream is to play and represent your country in a world stage. Yep. Long before you're going to get to the NHL, maybe you could be, you know, whatever, at the World Juniors or doing whatever. So that to me, like you, that's important to him. And I'm, I'm glad that, you know, he. I'm sure he got initial assess there, but he should be able to stay with his teammates if medical staff deems that it's okay. If they okay. allow it, yeah. Because... It is a big deal. It, they're the host country, like, you know, whatever. It sucks that it happened, and that's a sucky injury. Yeah. But, you know, I'm glad he gets to still at least have the experience. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Absolutely. So, um, so I don't have any inside information on if he's actually going to come back to the United States for, uh, I don't want to say better medical attention because... All hockey teams worldwide have the the utmost um, experienced folks uh, in case of emergency, but or injury. So uh, it, it just kind of makes sense to me that you'd want them back as close as possible uh, to to have um, you know try to mend a little bit better with the best the best care in the world, in my opinion. Um, but regardless, uh, moving on to the next topic. Uh, the report, there's a report out there that Tory Krug, Boston Bruins defenseman Tory Krug, has either signed or is going to sign with, within weeks or a month. And this came from the, um, the Twitter account Uncle Humpy. Uh, pretty funny uh, Twitter handle. That is it. Uh, John Humphrey, and he says hashtag Uncle Insider has confirmed Tory Krug spelt Tory wrong uh, will be a Boston Bruin for multi multiple years. Contract details getting hammered out now. So, of course, these these reports come out on Twitter and then starts a, a kind of a pandemonium in the Boston Bruins uh, fan base uh, and also some high-profile writers such as Matt Kalman, good friend, and uh, awesome host on the Skate Podcast with Ken Laird. Check him out. Subscribe. But um, he says that uh, where are these reports coming from and this and that, and it's basically... 
uh, he if he hasn't heard anything, which doesn't obviously mean that it didn't happen because sometimes Bruins media are real no, shut out and so on. But Kalman, he's a guy that kind of knows. He'd be in right. the know because he's someone that everyone kind of likes. Higher-ups, the play, you know, like he's a kid that's in the mix, you know. Yeah, so. obviously he's in a huge mix with, with, with folks like... Uh, Mike Loftus and 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 Joe Mac Joe McDonald and, and Fluto and yeah. Joe you know Haggerty and blah blah blah. Like so, those are the guys are local people that yeah. But if there's a rumor going to be had, yeah. I mean, They're I think gonna, it'll be it'll be be pretty prominent in that in that circle yeah. there. So uh, it remains to be seen what happens. But obviously, if it if it is true, um, there's going to be ha- there's going to have to have some uh, salary cap maneuverability. So I I could see general manager Don Sweeney being very active at this trade line to accommodate for any signings that are coming up anytime soon because. You have one point seven million dollars on the on on Cap Friendly's cap right now, and uh, next year, regardless of what happens to this player, B, a C, or D player, you know you're gonna have to resign some players in already in your system like DeBrusque and 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 um, uh, who know. know you know what I mean? There's a, there's a there's a ton of I can't things. off the top of my head. I know there's Hold a ton on. there's a ton of people that he Give needs me a to second. sign. I wanna look at my little cap friendly sheet. So uh, regardless, it's it should be interesting. Um, if it's true, it's true, but this this um, uncle uh, insider has ha- does have a decent record uh, on calling some uh, some signings and trades and whatever. So I'm gonna leave this one open. I don't wanna call it farce yet, but I'm gonna give the, uh, everybody the uh, an opportunity to uh, see what see what's up. All right. So, as a fangirl, maybe not the biggest fangirl, he does, you know, have a wife and a family and all. But as the original fan fangirl, I am not going to believe. I do believe Tory Krug will resign in Boston. I believe that not just as a fangirl, but as I just think it makes sense. Oh, it makes huge sense. Business standpoint. Donnie's going to do something at the trade deadline. It's not going to be what anybody wants. There's going to be no big right second. Second what am I trying wing. to say? Second right line, wing. right wing. Sorry. See, I can it's get okay. tongue tied too. It's the holidays. We're still drunk. Um, I just don't. If he is signed, it's not going to come up. Because if he is signed, they don't even have to say crap. Because as long as they mention it before June 30th in the whatever for the. Um, once the UFAs and everyone open up January free 1st. agency. Thank you. I couldn't think of the word free agency. That's where we're yeah. at in that my day. I'm sorry, people, July first. Okay? July first, oh free agency. I couldn't think of free agency. Jesus, it's your week, so uh, maybe I could have some divine intervention. Oh, I forgot. I don't know how I could forget this. Uh, Maddie Grizzlick, he's up. Obviously, yes. Chara. Uh, co- actually, Anders Bjork's up. Yes. He's an RFA. Like I They're said, all RFAs. So there's a pretty significant list that Donnie has to work with, and you could all... you can al- see, yeah. Yeah, you can almost see uh, the way it's panned out that some of these players, like Bjork and, and maybe Grizzlick, extend... Nordstrom's gone. I don't want him back. Um, you could see that some of these RFAs uh, extend out to what, like, McAvoy and Carlo did right to the last minute, and, um, you know, through put all of us that cover the team on the regular through a loop on 
how much is it going to be made? What's the term? Is it worth it? Go through all that crap that we did last off season. But before we get to this, the, well, my thing is that before we get to G July first, we also have the draft and shit in between, yep. and then you move people. People move people then too. So. Donnie just needs to get through. Let's get the team in the playoffs. Let's see what we have to do at the trade line to shore up the team for the playoffs and work it through those hopefully two and a half months. Is this the off season? <coughs> Is this the off season that we with Seattle? Yeah. No, that's next year. Okay. I, I get confused. Remember, well they pushed Seattle back. Remember, I think they were supposed to come in for next season, but then they pushed it back. So their draft It'll be 2021 when we have the regular draft plus that draft, which I still think it's bullshit that Vegas doesn't have to go in that draft, but that's just me. All right, so enough of the Tory crew talk as much as I know you'd, you'd love it. But uh, moving on to a, another topic, um, and this is kind of a fun one for me, and I thought it was very class. Um, there was a, a small Bruins fan, oh, sorry, a young adult in the stands at TD Garden, um, on must have been on I, I don't know exactly when it, must it was have been the Monday game because we were in Buffalo yeah. on and there was a young fan like I said and he was holding a sign that says I will uh, play rock paper scissors for a puck and I thought it was really cool but was it what was even cooler is as Charlie Coyle um, saw that and and went over and played and but he didn't not only go over once he went over three times, so he goes over the first time. Obviously, in rock paper scissors, I, I'm not. I don't know. I never really did it when I was a kid. Maybe I did, but I don't remember. You probably did. But I don't know how, what wins or anything like that. Obviously, a rock sucks, so you know nobody wants to get well, hit with that. True. Nobody wants to get stabbed with scissors and, and paper. It hurts once in a while when you get a paper cut, but anyway. Um, it was kind of cool that, that Charlie went over, did the thing with him, and then the kid lost. Charlie gives him a look, shakes his head, skates off, does some drills, comes back, does it again, loses again, skates off, and, and the kid's just having fun and, 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 and with his friend. And uh, finally the third one comes over, and um, Charlie loses to the, child, to the young adult and uh, tosses the puck over. I thought that was a really cool thing. And it just continues to amaze me on how close this team is with its fans um, you see Pasternak doing it before games you see Marshan taking selfies it, it just seems to be more they're getting more and more involved um, especially now that social media is around and everybody's filming everything so uh, it gets released a lot more frequently and maybe I'm just seeing it more more now but uh, I just think it's a great a great thing for the the interaction is unbelievable and that's how you really really embed the fandom of of what goes on in this area of new england and and the the sport that's been here for so long and i mean dating back to the the late 1800s or when they it was just basically shinny and you had 30 30 people you know uh you know possessing a, a rock on the pond you know what i mean it's just it's just the fandom that i love and and it just means so much to be a Boston Bruins fan these days. I think that the Bruins players, they're like at the perfect age to help. Because one thing that does have to happen in the NHL is, um, and I know they're working hard on this though, is like the balance between 
allowing your players to have personalities in the social media world where you people are so much more you know more connected like we used to have to stand outside the crappy fence gate and hope that we could see someone come into their car and when they were driving out maybe they'd stop like that's what fan interaction was if you weren't at an event of some sort or right up close and personal and I mean I've never had my ass kicked by Terry O'Reilly or anything so me neither I don't think I'd be Um, around if I did so I think that the Bruins uh, our players are doing a good job even like from Chara down you know what I mean of showing how to build your brand with social media but still keeping it kind of in in a hockey way you know I don't know like hockey has a very unique kind of sense about it of like trip over traditional like baseball does this sometimes too like where you we can change all these things but we can't god forbid we do that right so like it's good like you know Marshawn taking selfies and just chirping the world and, or chirping each other right because the bros chirp each other on all the different things or you know you get the moment where you see like Coyle just being a kid you know with the kid and I don't you keep you know you don't want to offend them but I'm pretty sure that 12 year old or whatever would probably say that they're oh, a kid it's okay to like. call them a general kid oh. uh, I'm a kid I mean I'm in my 40s just saying but it, I think the Bruins are building a good social media brand as individuals and as a team tremendous ambassadors of the game you know what I mean it just it just builds like you like you like you said it's just it's just really positive things for the future of um, this franchise and the Bruins family and if you are not Bruins fans but listen to us which is great I mean I'm just saying I we listen, appreciate it I listen to some podcasts about teams that too. aren't my favorite team I just I'm obsessed I actually realized I might need to go to podcast rehab because I have way too many to listen to and you. I physically can't I mean I'm not neglecting my life yet but I just up my shows from 120 to 130 yeah it's it's not even that it's just I listen to so many different kinds it's like there's no way yeah. like I oh, I need to take a step back I need to assess it but um I know that it happens in other cities and with other organizations i don't i yep. do think that we're unique though no we are the best we're the bruins we're the we're best, best around nobody's ever going to get disagree with me just kidding no. see what happens no, and i won't kidding. sing ever again all right okay. move, moving on to the next topic um carson coleman is close to return and the, my question is later on in this topic is is who's the unfortunate player to be sat or sat down or what scenario, but um, Eric Russo of BostonBruins.com on yesterday, December 28th, uh, says uh, two months after suffering a fractured right tibula, Carson Coleman took uh, part in his first full practice Saturday afternoon at Warrior Ice Arena. Uh, The winger is donning a white practice jersey as he joined Bruins teammates for a 45-minute session. Uh, Carson said, getting better, kind of taking it day by day now, but definitely progressing in the right right way. Being off the ice for such a long time, it takes a little bit to get back, get the cardio back. But I thought we did a great job in the weight room and also progressing on the ice here to help me get back to 100% as quick as I can. Um... Coleman, who remains on injured reserve, uh, took a Jake Dibrosk shot to the right leg during Boston's 4-3 overtime loss to the Maple Leafs on October 19th in Toronto and is slowly uh, inching his way to an NHL lineup return. 24-year-old is not, however, ready for game action. So, 
Uh, with that being said, uh, let's hear what Carson Coleman had to say about his uh, way back from the uh, his injury. Getting better, uh, kind of taking it day by day right now, but um, but definitely progressing in the uh, in the right way. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, being off the ice for for such a long time uh, it takes a little bit to get the cardio back. Um, but I thought we did a great job in the in the weight room and, and also kind of progressing on the ice here to, to really help me be uh, back to 100 as, as quick as I can here. Uh, yeah, just taking it one day at a time right now. Um, um, obviously, the the docs and everything know uh, know a little bit more about what's going on. But uh, but yeah, just been progressing in the right way. So uh, with, with hearing Carson and hearing what Eric Russo wrote in the Boston uh, Boston doc Boston Bruins.com website article, uh, his arrival back to the, the Boston Bruins lineup is ultimately going to have somebody sit or be sent down, as previously said. Um, thoughts on, on who it could be? Mm. I have a can, I have a, um, a list of probably four that I could see, unfortunately, moved. You want to hear mine first? No, or you, you go first. I have to. I could see this. either Brett Ritchie. I, I like Carson Coleman, but I don't really feel like he's so much better than everything else that we. I do think he's better than right. some of our options. I don't mean it that way, Carson. I haven't forgot about you, but I also think you're still a young player and you're working on stuff. So I don't want you to be my second right winger all the time either. Well, let, let me yeah. backtrack just a little bit here and just say that you know maybe some of those players that I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about. You know, those guys are professionals and they've been in the NHL for a while. So an option for Carson to go down to Providence and do a conditioning stint down there because he's waiver eligible. And for those who don't know what waiver eligibility is, is he can pass through the waiver wire without getting picked up. There's there's no, uh, he hasn't reached the, the 60 game mark yet. So he can go up and down as many times as he wants. Unfortunately, anybody else that goes out has to basically pass through that, exposing them to uh, other teams that uh, are looking to add an asset. And unfortunately, I don't see anybody picking up a, a player like David Backus or Brett Ritchie right now. But um, I see these guys that have the NHL experience getting that time before Coleman. I think he's going to have to prove himself uh, recovering from this injury to make sure that he's fully 100% and bought in. To get back into the Bruins lineup and when he does that's when you you have to make those decisions like is uh is 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 uh, David Backus going to take another seat on the ninth floor for a stretch of games and not just a rotation what are you going to do with Brett Ritchie obviously Brett Ritchie's back in the lineup tonight against Buffalo yes I, I saw that <laughs> she just crossed her eyes and I loved it but somebody's gonna go down so uh any thoughts well, when you answer one of my questions, because I was going to say, can Carson Coleman go that. down? Because I think, especially because he is young, and I mean, this is a, he's been out two months already. Give him a little bit of time down. Um, I mean, he's a good player. You risk maybe exposing him a little, but I think it'll all work out, you know, and maybe that might be best for him to get into some action there. Um... Oh, he is? He is waiver-exempt, so he can go down. Nice. Um, and he can also go down for the uh, emergency like conditioning stint kind of thing. It is 
There's some kind of rule. Then I guess my first thing would be I would probably prefer he go, goes and does a little bit of time down in Providence, if anything, for rehab and in-game, like, build-up. I mean, that's just a lot that happens. Atrophy, you know, whatever. And, like, it's different, like, working out, and I'm sure that he's been rehabbing perfectly fine or whatever, but... At the same time, until you're actually in the action. How many times have we seen that happen with uh, Miller or even like Tory Krug or Patrice Bergeron? John Moore. You're right. So um, I think not like you're not still playing hockey, but I think you're a little more protected and uh, a little more protection on you and get you in the game situation, that in intense situations, but without all the everything that comes with the, the NHL hoopla. level. Right. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, um, Brett Ritchie can always have his ass at because I would take David Backus over Brett Ritchie on any given day, and I don't care what anybody has to say about it. It's true because they play about the same amount of minutes, they produce about the same amount, and um, at least like with David, you get uh, veteran, like real, true veteran presence, and sometimes we'll lay someone on their ass if necessary. You know, I just that's just me. I don't. To me, I don't think, I, I've said this before, like, I would rather have, you know, that. Parland Holmes, another one that I feel, no offense, and I get, like, whatever, where people have to plug in. I'm not really thinking of it from that side. Shots or lines or what sides they play. I'm not thinking it from that way. I'm just thinking, that's great for them, but they can go away when Carson Coleman's ready to come back. My bigger concern would be pushing him, because, again, he's... A player that he's shown great things, yep. but he is still a young player. And still fully untapped on his potential. Still doesn't have a lot of yeah. uh, big game, ex- uh, not big game, I, could, I shouldn't say it that way. I guess uh, the NHL level experience is still new to him too. I mean, as well as he's done what he's had, that injury set him back a lot in his sure. development. Sure. So I guess those are my... But as for like Richie and some of them, and I know you don't really like Nordstrom, I... I Nordstrom, I can. He's got good special team skills and everything. It's just I would rather him always play over someone. You know what I mean? We talked about this. Like, are the wrong people getting? But when you look at Cap Friendly and you talk about Nordstrom, he's basically on his last year of his deal. And when you have to scratch and claw at every available dollar you have, unfortunately, he's he's. No, I get you're not going to re-sign him. I'm not going to sit him over fucking Brett. No, I know. You know what I I mean, kind of thing or whatever. Like how we've had some weird decisions being made we've talked about that everyone seems to have got their heads back out of their, their asses, asses. Yeah. yeah okay so that's the um, Carson Coleman thing I'd rather be before we take our second break of the uh episode 160 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast um always joined by my friend Heather and myself um did I just talk to myself in the third person yeah, you well, you're always here with me and you. <laughs> Interesting. But um, Bruce Cassidy came out on Boston Bruins Twitter, the official Twitter account of the Boston Bruins, uh, and with some pregame updates. Brett Ritchie returns for Par Lindholm. Uh, will he will play with Anders Bjork and Charlie Coyle? Um, Sean Corrali goes back to middle between Jakob Nordstrom and Chris Wagner. From Maddie Ports. Uh, the Boston Globe map ports the projected lines for this evening against the Buffalo Sabres are uh, obviously Bergeron centering Marshan and Pasternak, Krejci centering DeBrusque and Heinen, Coyle centering Bjork and Ritchie as, as mentioned, and as mentioned again, Corrali and Nordstrom and Wagner. Uh, defensive pairings are Chara Carlo, Grizzly Clifton, Moore, Camphor. 
Rask in net. So. Uh, as I mentioned before, I know you prefer Heinen down, but I don't mind Heinen being up on the second or first line. I just like the boing factor. Um, but you know what is not sexy is Brett Ritchie. Just put David Backus there instead. I know. If you're going to play someone eight minutes a game or nine minutes a game, how about put David Backus in? Because at least then he's marching his way to his 1,500 games, and he can't be any worse for the wear than Brett Ritchie is. Agreed. And I, I'm sorry, Brett Ritchie. I, it's not that I hate on you. It's just you're in a sea of my superstars. And you're not being a superstar when I need you to be. Now, you've had point. You're, I'm not saying... I'm not asking you to pay play above your pay grade, buddy. I'm just saying, I'm paying someone else with the same amount of productivity more money to not be able to play, and I'm all set. Uh, not me. That's not my decision. That's not my decision, people, because, like I said, that just... All right, if you're going to move high and that's fine, but why are you going to want put Brett Ritchie there? Like, I mean, I, what's the alternative? Brett Ritchie has to be the second line right wing? Because if that's the thing, and I guess leave the horror show the way it is, but I don't need you there. I don't need you in there for Parlin Home. Like, I need you to not be in there and maybe let's, I don't know. I just, I'm tr I don't want Brett Ritchie to think I hate him. I don't hate you as a human or as a player. I just don't find you to stand out in any way, shape, or form or give me any more oomph than's already sitting there. You know, you're not so much driving that secondary line scoring. Right. And That's whatnot. True. And I know I keep saying Bacchus, but yes, people, I'll take run down David Bacchus over Brett Ritchie on my third line right wing. Or even my third line center if we really have to be crazy. I'm just saying. Good point. If you want to move Coyle up is all I'm saying. No. All right. So we are going to take our break and uh, hear from the great folks at the store next door. Please go to thestorenextdoor.ca. Buy some awesome stuff that they uh, use recycled hockey sticks to build. Um, these are great folks uh, and, and it's a great cause. And even though it's after Christmas, these guys work 365, not all of them. But the, the, the company, the website, and for you to order is open 365 days a year. So they do not stop regardless of holidays. Go check them out. It's a great cause. We'll be right back. There's a lot of people with disabilities that can't just go out and find a job. So we set out to create a business to fill those needs one stick at a time. Store Next Door gift shop is a Yarmouth-based manufacturer and retail outlet store. So we make great ideas that any of our employees come up with, and we reuse and recycle as much as possible. Our most popular item is probably our hockey furniture. We take broken hockey sticks and turn them into different products. We go through a lot of hockey sticks. A lot. A whole lot. Considering that it's only been a year and we're shipping internationally, I think that that's been a huge success. Most people's reactions are, wow, you do this here. We don't accept can't here. Everyone here learns in different ways, but we want to give everybody every opportunity to find exactly what works for them. There's nothing better than when a customer buys something and then one of our employees say, I made that. They have meaningful lives and build things they can be proud of and get a paycheck for it. I'm Amy Acker and we change lives one job at a time. We are back after the great words from the great folks at the store next door in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia. Please check them out. Great folks, great products the store next door.ca love their uh hockey recycled hockey stick um furniture um adirondack chairs tables end tables anything you need it's, it's unbelievable stuff and like i said it's for a great cause from some awesome people um so jumping back onto the 
topics. I have one left, and uh, this is from Jimmy Murphy of BostonHockeyNow.com website. And uh, Murph's been uh, kind of on this, um, um, on the trail of uh, Chris Kreider, the New York Rangers forward. And um, and if he's available, he's got um, some really strong ties that the Bruins are interested. The he is from Boxford, uh, went to BC, uh, had a good career there, so he knows the area very well from being uh, a Massachusetts native. And 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 obviously, if it's Massachusetts and the Bruins, and he's coming, he's coming. Uh, so anyway, but, but you know, just to keep the speculation going, this is just a just a, a rumor, but. You know, it does kind of make sense. But in Murph's article, he mentions the Boston Bruins are among several clubs that are keeping their eye on New York Rangers' progress with a potential unrestricted free agent uh, winger, Chris Kreider. Uh, and even Elliot Friedman got involved. Um, uh, Friedman reported the Bruins' trade interest during the Hockey Night in Canada headline segment. Uh, Friedman reported... Many top teams want Kreider and have contacted New York. However, New York GM Jeff Groton, former intern GM, um, more notably, was around when the Joe Thornton trade happened, uh, has not made a decision if they will make Kreider available or continue trying to resign the 28-year-old left winger, who has 24 points, including 13 goals this season. Kreider, 28, has been uh, one of the underrated power forwards in the NHL for several years. In uh, 497 career games, Kreider has 144 goals and 294 points. Last season, Kreider tied a career high with 28 goals. All the contenders from Colorado to Boston to St. Louis to Pittsburgh are all believed to be interest, Friedman said. So, with that being said, and that, and um, shout out to uh, Jimmy Murphy, uh, Boston Hockey Now website for that info that we could add on to our topic list. Um, here's the, it raises some questions. We do need to address a need at the right side, but from Murph's article there, it tells me that he's a left winger. So we do, the Boston Bruins do have versatility players that can play the center, can play the right, and play the left. Um, so it, would an addition of Kreider be okay with you when other players have to play different roles besides besides them? Like, like if you wanted to address the second line scoring, would you take DeBrusque out of that left wing slot and put him on the right side? I know. It's, it's baffling me, too. Because that's what I do. Okay, on one hand, Chris Kreider is pretty good. I, I do like him. He's always been a Bruins killer whenever we, he's one of those players. He who plays that Bruins style, number. too. Yeah. Gritty, um, can put the puck in the net. That's what we need. Don Sweeney might be nervous to make any more deals with uh, the Rangers. At the same time, the Rangers are going to be looking if they have to sell. You know what I mean? Like, I, I It does know. line up to be a rental position, it too. Is, it's like yeah. so scary. It is hard, too, to decide, like, what does that do? Do we stunt the girl? Like... Maybe Jake DeBrusque would be better on the right side. I mean, we've had him on the left side, and no one's that. Maybe he's Ben Krejci's right wing the whole time, but we've been playing him on the left wing. Oh, I don't know. It's kind I of mean, like how you should train um, um, Corrali. Like, practice him at the third line center, but secretly before game time, put him back at the front. Right. 
So I think I'll one him for Jake DeBrusque. It'd be a little unfair after he's been working out the Kings for his first three years to now put him. But at the same time, we've talked about this. You're a professional, and if you have to, like Tory Crew played offside for the first four of his six seasons. Like, do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's also part of being professional. And I get that's different, like, being a forward or a defenseman. I'm just using it as an example. Yeah, like, people. you also have to be able to not just play the one role you're comfortable with. That being said, what if they... Now, I don't want to mess up your third line. And you can't really put Chris... Like, that's the whole thing, is you can't put... Kreider's not a third line. No. Fourth line. I mean, I'm sure he can play there and so on, but that's not what you... That's not what you would... Pay yeah. to get him for. It's not a preference. I don't know. Now I'm nervous thinking about what if we do put... What if Jake DeBrusque opens up, though, and just as a whole other... What if they've been playing Heinen and DeBrusque on the wrong sides oh this whole God. time? I just feel... No, like I don't know. Else. But Chris Kreider is a good player. I don't know what that means for the rest of the lineup, but he is a very effective uh, kind of just chug player. Like, do you know what I mean? He does all the right things. He's a player that... He does good things off the puck. When he gets the puck, he does great things. Uh, smart decision maker, so he'd be a good addition. But it's like, what do you do for that? Like I said, so we mess up maybe some of the... Undo some of what we've been doing the last few years with some of the young players. Which I guess if you have to, now's the time to do that. You know what I mean? Get them experience doing that. Um, yeah, because I mean, what could you do? Or could you make Chris Kreider be a right wing? I mean... Especially if he's only a rental. If we pay you to come and do what we're asking you to do, do your job you know like sometimes i feel like on when, when you're talking about the second line and, and which is which is centered by david Krejci, that right now with debrusque on the left side you're like that old american airlines propeller plane mm. right you're really good here and you stay in the course but all of a sudden you're like now you're changing the left wing to the right and then doing all these changes it just feels like both engines are going to quit on this on this like tangent and i'm probably going off on something that makes absolutely no sense but it, you know we're well, working threes either way you'll be uh going in circles if yeah it's just the, the revolving door will continue with keeping him happy with with wingers that can can complement his game and i think right now debrusque right now is like you know these cement shoes right there he shouldn't be moved i like the way he the way he plays right there and he's playing a better than everyone's saying he's yeah. playing too there's no significant everybody goes through slumps or anything slumps yeah. suck we get but he's it. still he's got like nine goals he's been getting assists he's been doing he's growing off the puck which is just as important i mean yes you Very want important. him to get points and you know you want him to put the puck in the net but at the same time the young kids have to their decision making skills are one of the key things they really have to work out, especially your first three or four years. And that, to me, I mean, I've seen growth. I think he gets, yeah, I mean, you get disappointed or whatever. Do I think he's anywhere close to the ceiling yeah. that that kid has? But still has? gets undervalued. Right. So uh, that's a tough question, though. But, I mean, Kreider that's, that's is a, a pretty good player. Yeah, I, mean, I like him. Maybe you have to shake it the frig up, right? I mean, that's what everyone says. I don't think... You know me. I think either blow that shit up or don't touch it. That's right. how I just always or think walk the trade. On eggshells. Yeah, the trade deadline. That's how I always feel. Like if you're not willing to, very rarely do you find that one player that's going to be the difference in whatever. So, but again, maybe we ask Chris Kreider to suck it up and maybe be the right wing. Sorry, Jake Debrusque is always already our second line left wing. We're going to need you to play the right side, yeah. buddy. 
And if not, you can just stay in the hell that's being a New York Ranger for all we care. No, I'm just kidding. He'll find somewhere to go. He's a good player. Oh, see, he's more tempting to me. Like, I mean, I know Toffoli would fit where he had to go, but oh. I'd rather have Chris Kreider guy. And be honest, I think he brings more to the table. That might be a good fact. And, 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 and obtaining a player like Chris Kreider, I think you're probably going to give up more than you would for Toffoli. Oh, absolutely. Or... Um, or any other player, or Jason Zucker before he got injured. Um, so uh, that, to me, uh, has all the topics that I wanted to cover, and I, I think we should um, go to our general conversation, which we pretty much like end the show, but we do have a, a lot of good topics that we bring up, and, and Heather works hard on uh, gathering all this information during the week, so we, I, we should name the show and get you your own little jingle to stop It'll this. Be, it's like all the random crap that goes through Heather's head. <laughs> um, really, right? Inga rants. That's what it can be. Ooh, I like it. Um, well, I would like to start off by saying if the next person, I'm just warning the next person who says to me that Tory Krug is getting traded to the Detroit White Wings, that I am going to probably punch you in the face. <laughs> Because this is a rumor that's been going around for a year now, at least. Every time they oh, talk about trading or signing Krug. Yes, he's from Michigan. But he is not going to, even if they give him $10 million a year, go to a team that's not even going to be in the playoffs for, well, now they got Stevie there. So maybe four years, okay? <laughs> maybe not seven. And things are looking <laughs> faster for Detroit now that they've done some of that. But... Give me a break. He's either going to p- sign for like seven mil here for four years or whatever, for, and then maybe get a second, you know, to finish out his career if he ends up being a career. Or he's going to go get paid nine mil somewhere else. But it ain't going to be Detroit. So stop saying it to me. Like, that makes me more mad than thinking about Tory Crew being on a different team is the idea that the ridiculousness of this high quality, sought after, like, People are jealous to have someone like him on their power play, yeah. and people will pay him good money, even if it is to go Does home. that mean other peoples in other markets think that Tory Krug is actually good? Yes. Holy crap. Unlike half the people in this market. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, numbers don't lie, people. My eyes don't lie. Yeah, there's not too many 60, 70-point defensemen no. uh, that are undersized and and so on that, that ravage the friggin' league. But no, that's okay. Yeah, my thing is just, yeah, stop. he's not going to Detroit. He may not be a Bruin. He may be a Bruin. We don't know. But he is not going to probably be a Red Wing. And if he is a Red Wing, then I don't know what the hell happened and all that. I just feel like there are third 29 other options okay. besides us and the Red Wings that he could have. I like it. As long as there's space for him. Like... You think that uh, Toronto wouldn't want a defenseman? And they're all about giving you a $10 million contract and hiding all the bonuses and the right. whatever. Yeah. And draft picks. $200 billion freaking salary for a $82 million salary cap or whatever. True. Okay, so I just had to say that. Now we're going to move on. Yaroslav Halak, 50th shutout. Ooh, Miles 500th win. I like 500th shutout um, in a good game. You know what I mean? Uh, Again, Buffalo's had their struggles or whatever, but again, it's nice to see their goalies bounce back this week because they both had great performances and they both could use them. Yeah, and we, we didn't particularly talk very nicely of them the past couple of weeks, so it's good to see that. And better better than that, 
it's good to see that they responded after the coach kind of like gave him a little dig. Yeah. We talked about it last week that um, Bruce Cassidy did mention that, you know, our goalies have to make a save there. Or you have to do this or you have to do that. You're not going to win games when you give up goals like that. That Those narratives obviously got into the uh, the tandem's head uh, with Zuccarask and Yaroslav Vlach. So... Um, good, good things moving forward. We talk about this though that it's like the boys' feet. Like once they start kind of getting to a like rough patch, they all start kind of feeding off of each other's rough patch, and yep. it just kind of spirals until someone stops it. You yep. know, whether Absolutely. it's the coach or one of the veteran leaders in the room or whatever. Internal psychology. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> NHL leaderboards: uh, Marshawn, Pasternak, and Bergeron are all in the top fifty, but. This is the time of year where there's like seven people in each, you know, thing. But in all legitimacy, Marshawn has 57 points and Pasternak has 56. So they're four and five on the list. Pasternak is kicking butt on the goal, but, you know, Ovi's always looking to get his another. He doesn't have enough rocket Rashad trophies. Speaking of Ovi, real quick, and I, I don't mean to interrupt you on, on, on Heather's rant line. Um, there's a poll out there that somebody did. I, I think it's the NHL. It's like, who's the better? Po- I think it might be one of those brackets. Yeah. But I saw it on Twitter. I wish I found it and showed you, but it, it just reminded me of it now. But it's just, it had Ovi and Chara next to each other. I said, who's the better player? I found it weird. Or who is the better career player or, or decade player? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And hands down, you got to go Ovechkin because of the points. His Stanley Cup. And Being the face of the end. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? I mean, I give kudos to Chara, which I don't normally do all the time. Mm-hmm. But... As a as a a, um, a longtime Boston Bruins member and captain of this team, there's no way. I mean, all right. So if you put him next to like Victor Hedman of the Tampa uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, I'm gonna go Chara all well, day. It's probably because say, I'm stupid biased, but well, I was gonna say apples to oranges though, right? Because yeah. Ovi is a left wing and Chara is a lefty. So. Um, no righty. I don't know. It depends on how many people are injured. In That's true. Thing. That's true. But if I think it's also hard because Char is not a flashy player. Well, what did I say? I was listening. Very to blah this, game. When I was listening to Staff and Graf podcast, they said it's like they I were talking like about that a, show. They're talking. Oh yeah, you didn't like it before. You're like, oh, it's too like numbers crunchy. But no, I, I like, I like the great, banter back and forth between and her and. Yeah. It's awesome. She's is Ian awesome. Tullock? Yeah, yeah, he's he's so they're funny. funny. But they had their one this week was like officiate a referendum on it, and they're saying like. And it's true, I'm not like that, like, you know, like, Chara never gets called for interference, even though all he ever does is interfere, right? And then, like, playing against Chara is like playing, like, the octopus game. It's just, like, all ups and legs out there trying to... But, at the same time, Chara's longevity, like, you can't, you know, so... I mean, but Alex Ovechkin is Alex Ovechkin. Yeah. Even when Sid came in, Ovi was still there to be Ovi, right? I mean, can you see him doing his trick shots with, like, his crazy hat and his Russian flag flopping off? <laughs> like, just... I want to say I saw something... Uh, speaking of, like, Ovechkin, again, I'm sorry. We're going off on a tangent here, but... I'm sorry, is this a Washington Capitals I'm, podcast? No, it's not, but but um, I found it very interesting that they said that Ovi could possibly pass Gretzky's goal mark in 2028 and he'd be 42 or he'd be 48. I'm not sure. I'm really bad with the numbers, but I found it interesting. Ovi would still have to play and have the same level that he's had for 
quite a few more seasons yeah. to be able to do that. But at it the would same be cool. Time, it would be cool. I don't think Wayne Gretzky would score as many goals in this NHL. So if you could have Wayne Gretzky play Ovi's NHL and see what happens from there, then maybe Probably. we could have the real yeah. Carrados. Speaking play. of apples, either way, oranges. yeah, either way. Well, I mean, a totally different world, right? right? I mean. Not to say anything, but I get he's Wayne Gretzky, but Terry Picker. <laughs> that doesn't mean he wasn't awesome and skilled. It just means it was a different world. He but hung out in a certain time, area of the ice. At the same time, <laughs> Wayne Gretzky got his ass knocked down a lot more oh, than know, because yeah. of the way the game used oh, yeah. to be played. But at the same time, there were a lot of people got knocked on their asses for touching well, Wayne Gretzky. That's why Edmonton so. had like the Samenkos and the Charlie Huddies and and uh, who's that shitbag that hit Brashear in the head? Oh, McSorley. Yeah. Marty? Yeah. Marks. But anyway, I'm sorry. Back to your Heather rant. That reminds me when I finally go off on my Ronick rant. Oh. I'd like to write the name Carcillo next to this. Yeah, we get, we, get, we get a good one. Yeah. Good one oh, God. Out. Yeah, don't worry, Ernie. No, I will not be taking a breath. <laughs> if I do, it'll just get worse. <laughs> Was that our boy, Ernie? It Schilling? has to be our boy, Ernie, because he wrote Heather instead of uh, shout out Heather, to my, so. Shout out to my boy, Ernie Shimming, for giving us an awesome awesome rating yes, thank on you. Apple Podcasts. Thank you, buddy. Ernie, you're the man. You're my boy. You're my boy. I skated with that guy last week on my Matt Bolesky skates. God, I was terrible. I was even worse all week trying to recover from that day. You're still recovering. He's still hobbling around like, I can't oh, yeah. take it. I know. You're old. I uh-huh. love skating. I love skating. Uh, in all seriousness, I love you, Arnie. You always make me laugh. And you're a good friend. And you always... We have our moments. <laughs> me and Arnie are a lot alike in just personality of the, like, meh. Like, we're excited. <laughs> we're excited. We're not excited. Arnie's the bomb. Oh, Ernie, how many cars did you beat up, my friend? No, I'm just kidding. All right, so um, so leaderboards there on there. Pasternak and Marshawn. Marshawn's got 17. Seems ridiculous. Bergeron's hovering in there, too. He's got Now he's got up there, right? Um, assists. Marshawn's ahead of the pack, actually. Marshawn's kicking ass on the assist list. He's number three. Uh, and, again, I don't... I know he can be evil, but... He is so skilled. I never would have. Actually, in one of the like decade recap ones I was listening to this week, one of the guys said, 10 years ago, did you ever think like Brad Marchand would be Brad Marchand? Like, no, definitely didn't. Uh, Tuka's 12th on the goalie list with 14 wins, but, you know, we had a rough couple weeks. Uh, that means nothing. But goals against, Yarrow's number three, and Tuka's six. They both got two-something goals against. That's pretty low. And both are in there for three and ninth for the save percentage. Yes, I know Rask plays more games than uh, Yarrow, but they've been consistently up in the top five goaltenders, six goaltenders, you know, in the top ten all year. So good for them. Glad they had a good week. Bounced it back on there. What else do I have? Anything random? No, it's because I've just been all that. Oh, so again, I'd like to reiterate, we cannot do what we did and drop points here, here. So again, I'm in the opposite mindset of, well, you know, you still got a point. Yeah, well, all of a sudden I turn around and the Toronto Maple Leafs have 47 points and we have 55 points, which, yes, I get is still a large lead. But Toronto has looked a lot better lately. They're 8-1-1 one one for the last 10 games. So uh, Under new head coach Sheldon Keith. Yeah, again, I think some of that is just what happens when you have a coaching change. But, like, Toronto's got themselves solidly back in this. But... The Atlantic Division is ridiculous. We got 47 points. We got 43 points. We got 42 points. We got 42 points. We got 41 points. 
Basically, Detroit is not even in the division anymore. There's someone, like, they're in the division of the ECHL or something. I don't know where they are. But they're not catching up. But from Buffalo North, Buffalo, Montreal, Tampa Bay, Florida, Toronto, like, anybody's game. Hopefully we stay in first. Hopefully Toronto does not end up the second yeah, wild card or whatever Toronto. first wild card. But again, this is why you can't drip, drip, drop points because all of a sudden you turn around and you're like, freaking Maple Leafs! Like, what are you doing here? At the same time, Toronto, watch your back because uh, you're only five points ahead of Montreal and maybe this is the season that they want to be the Eastern Canadian team that shows some stuff. I mean, let's face it, you guys get eliminated every year in the first round anyways. You might as well let Montreal have a choice. Oh, sorry. Okay. Um, we're third in the league. Again, things are tight. We look good if you put us in perspective of the league, but... Sure. The Capitals, damn. It's nice to beat them because we never beat them, and they've just been whatever. All right. Is that anything else before I... Um, no, let's touch on this. Um, oh, yeah, I did have one more thing. Sorry. Okay, go ahead. That wasn't my freak out about the whole Jeremy Roenick thing. Go for uh, it. We're halfway through the season, or at least this week is the middle part of the season. We play our 40th game tonight. Halfway through the season, what grade would you give the Bruins and why? Give me a couple reasons why. I need explanation. You're not getting all your credits well, on the essay if you don't. Looking at the standings right now, and the Bruins are in third in the whole league, they seriously look to be a big player for a long run again. Uh, remains to be seen what happens. I'm, I'm more. I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm just not that Bruins fan that comes out and says they're winning it again this year. I cannot see. I need to see the pieces be put into place, and especially near the trade deadline and so on. But a fair grade, if you're looking at offense, defense, and goaltending, and you combine all those and you get an average. I would honestly say I would give this team a B plus, Be- because I can't go A plus because we've seen stretches when they were clawing to get points and going to overtimes and shootouts when they had those games and they should have won in regulation, um, but those desperation five minutes, the Ford five minute whatever they call it, uh, no 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 free ads here, um, but. That's the way I just kind of kind of think that if they didn't go through that lull and they were like really good throughout the whole season till now, I'd give them an A. But I don't know. There's 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 so many things to be worked on. You still have to address the the right wing side. We talked about it earlier. I don't know who's gonna happen with that. Whether it be via trade, whether it be a committee member in Providence or currently on this team. I don't expect Brett Ritchie to be this all of a sudden, you know, um, uh, Tarasenko or anything like that. Oh, my but, God. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, I, I, a solid B+. I, I, and I think I give that grade because uh, with the intentions of this room for improvement. Um, I think that, you know, even even when I'm working, uh, we set our metrics at, we set it at 99%. And, and folks always say, well, why don't you set it at 100% when we're shipping 100% of product? And it's always, you always have to, if you if you reach your goal at 100%, what else are you going to do? So set it at 99 so you work harder for, you know what I'm saying? Kind of weird, but that's my theory. I just, I, I, a B plus. I would give us a BB plus myself. A BB? A B? Double Bs? Maybe. Now you're hitting it in my wheelhouse. Yeah. <laughs> 
Just Double. kidding. And these aren't, and I'm not talking about the man boobs that I got what going on. We're trying on. to suffocate ourselves, guys. <laughs> but I, I would give us maybe like an 87. I'm gonna talk in point thing because although generally we've done all our homework and have generally done well on the tests, we have had some where maybe we did not prepare as well. Uh, and when we've looked bad, we've looked bad. So I have to take some points off of our grades for that. Uh, overall though, they should be like a 95ers and they're 87ers right now, but things are looking up. That's just to be fair. I mean, when you go almost a month without a back-to-back -back win. And 2020 is a new year, a new decade. Right. Although I do, new give, hopes. I do give them a little extra credit, so maybe more like an 89 only because, and it's not an excuse thing, I, and I think the same thing can be given for a grade for the St. Louis Blues. For all that hangover crap, two teams that went that deep, seven games, St. Louis partied all damn summer, and both teams have come out and just kind of still been like the season never ended. So I give them a little more extra credit on that. But I think we're in good shape overall. I mean, no offense, I, just, I can't. Go away, Brett Ritchie. <laughs> Go away. Parlon, just put your person in there that, well, I'll put all my people in there. I'm sure there's someone out there right now. Oh, I love Parlon. Well, that's cool. And, like, he was awesome as a Swedish elite kind of prospect. I just don't want him on my team anymore. Uh, okay, it's time, I think, to go... I'm going to do the Ronick rant because then I can be happy and then maybe we'll do the reviews and the Patreon and that will be a happy bounce back from that. So anybody who does not know, Jeremy Ronick was suspended indefinitely by NBC Sports last week because he went on spinning chiclets, which hopefully you guys listen to if you're hockey fans. If you're not, you don't know what you're missing. Yeah. You're what like the only one out of like 100 billion people. Did you live near power lines when you were a kid? I know. Did you eat paint Let, chips? I was thinking that. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, Jeremy Roenick made some comments about... Okay. Let's put this in perspective because all week I've had to listen to people like, this just is totally unacceptable and there's no place for this and on and on. Now, I am someone who, A thinks it's fine for people to be inappropriate. Like I said, I saw a shirt that sums up my life um, that you're offended and I think it's funny and that's why I'm happier than you. Uh, we are way too, I do not obviously think we should be using hateful, hurtful language. Had Jeremy Roenick said any of these things to actual Catherine Tappadin or whatever, we'd be talking about a different thing. But this is, I'm gonna call bullshit, Stupid TV, gross. You all you care about is your money and your sponsors. And no offense, hockey is a bunch of old white guys talking and are kind of boring. Okay, I love hockey, but sometimes I'm like, okay, good facts, great, move on, whatever. Jeremy Roenick is a renegade. He has always been a renegade. That's what he does. He says things. He's fun. He's flashy. He's whatever. So if you didn't listen to Spit and Chicklets, it's again, I don't know what you're talking about. Basically. Somebody at some point, and this is my opinion, took seven sentences out of an hour and a half interview from a guy who's already an off-the-cuff guy on a show that's all about being off-the-cuff yeah. and took offense enough to get, as everyone will probably agree, should be in the Hall of Famer, Jeremy Roenick. Yeah, this isn't sure. even the craziest shit Jeremy Roenick's ever done on, you know what I mean, whatever. So he was telling a story, and if you, about... 
basically he was in Portugal with his wife and Catherine Tappan, who's very close with their family. And someone approached them thinking that maybe Jeremy Roenick had both of these ladies and he played it off and whatever until eventually Catherine, you know, whatever. And then they were talking to the people. Fine. It was just a story. <coughs> he did comment about, obviously that would be a dream, but if you listen to it in context, it's definitely in the whole like, point of the story is how like, hey man, like, yeah, why would these two gorgeous women be with me? So like, you know what I mean? That was his whole point. It was completely... Speaking of boing factor. Complete. Now, Catherine Tappan, I I love her. I heart her. She's my girl. It's not act like she's always been the mistress of propriety, though. But we had her before the world had her up here at Nesson. And she, she was in was Boston. Right. So, um, actually, made me a little sad. Because one of the other things I think that was not taken in context was how much praise about how brilliant she is. As a, And he even said, specifically, smart, like, men, women, and different is one of the smartest sportsmen. And she takes her jobs, la, la, la. Anyways. Then there was another thing about Patrick Sharp that he... Like, Joe, it, it obviously is in joking context, right? About how if he had the opportunity to hook up with Patrick Sharp, he'd have to think twice about it. This is funny on many levels because Patrick Sharp is gorgeous, okay? And it is a running joke he's about a man how pretty he is, right? Like, it's almost a running joke, right? That he's a pretty boy that played hockey, and how is he still so pretty? It's a running joke. He has now tran transitioned, if you never watch NBC Sports, which... You probably don't. Good analyst on uh, NBC Sports. He's, he's growing. He's great. He's transitioned into the media aspect, and he's just he does a great job on there too. And it's always nice to see like players, and especially like he's a more modern day player that's lived in this world. Again, you know, he's got himself a couple Stanley Cups. We're not saying anything about it, but so Jeremy Roenick has been indefinitely suspended for all his inappropriate whatever comments, and all week I've had to listen to everyone so outraged about this, and you know all I can think is shut up everyone <laughs> everyone take a breath this in a my, country this is my favorite part in of a habit. country where eddie murphy granted it was watered down just went on snl after like 30 years and did super inappropriate characters which are a, right. we love as a you know like made him famous way beyond too hot in the hot tub <laughs> and the whole thing was saying about like a joke he even talked about i just for me, really, now Catherine Tappan did what? This is what you do, right? She worked NBC for a company. Corporate strings, NBC did. was definitely like a. Uh, we marionette. We marionette. Please. So yes. Yeah, so, but to be fair, uh, they learned from the Don Cherry incident to be prepared. And Kapanen said that Kapanen. I always say Kapanen, even though it's Kapanen. I know that. Uh, Tappen. What am I saying? Catherine Tappen. I don't, I can't even say her name now. I'm so flustered because I'm so pissed about the PC culture that we live in. I'm all for progressiveness. But here's a tip. Suspending Jeremy Roenick about telling a funny story in the context that the whole thing is, he's kind of the brunt of the whole entire joke, right? Like, what am I doing with these smoke shows kind of thing? We live in a world where he's going to get suspended as if and I'd like to call out a bunch of people, but I'll start with the Alyssa Milano's of the world. Hey, 
I'm all for me too. I'm all for being more appropriate. I'm all for being professional. I'm all for equality. I'm also for human beings being human beings and having personalities and being able to laugh at inappropriate things. It's like the comedians that can't be comedians anymore because everyone finds offense. Well, why would you go see a comedian? If you don't want to be offended, why would you show up and see Chris Rock? I'm just saying. Like, that's the whole thing. And that's what I feel like. This is not the same as blackface or racial comments or sexual harassment. This is... A gentleman telling a funny story to a bunch of freaking degenerates, okay? We love them, but we didn't think. And it wasn't even said in a disrespectful way. So everyone who is offended by this, I need you in 2020 to look at yourself in the mirror and say, am I fun? Do I have any personality that isn't the toe-the-line PC bullshit? We have freedom of speech. He didn't say it on the air. It wasn't, again... I beg everyone, if you are offended because you saw this, the two paragraphs or whatever that was taken out, listen to the episode. Put it in context. The kind of show it was. The way he even told the story. You know what I mean? Like, And the funny thing, the most ironic thing is how Jeremy Roenick had said something about how he watches what he says because of the bosses. That means one suburban housewife somewhere who has nothing better to do in between all her important, you know, spa visits and not parenting her children because she's a stay-at-home wife, not a stay-at-home mother, or whatever, was sitting in her Lexus and overheard on a 13-year-old's podcast spitting chiclets and heard about a threesome in a hot tub and never took it anywhere other than that. Called NBC. NBC decides, oh, God, no one's ever going to sponsor hockey because Jeremy Roenick for the last 35 years hasn't been inappropriate or whatever. It wasn't even that inappropriate. I just, I'm so mad because it's so stupid. Like, the fact that you can get suspended from your job for that. Again, had he, like, looked at Patrick Sharp on air and was like, I do you. That's different. Because right. another thing is he talked about what a great dude he is and how smart he is. And he's so proud of watching him kind of grow into his role in this. Everything out of context, man, can sound horrible, right? It wasn't even in the work environment, was it? Wasn't no. this? What were they? Were they, they were in They were in Portugal, Portugal. on vacation. He Sorry. literally told a story as if Catherine, Catherine does not know this happened. She was in she was the there. thing with him, right? And she chastised him then. And even now, even though she said, while Jeremy and I continue to be good friends, what he said was unacceptable, especially among workplace colleagues. I do not condone his comments. That is. Hey, NBC Sports Boston's Catherine, can you say this? Because I get you and JR are friends, and guarantee you she's probably not the one who was offended, right? She probably looked at JR like I said, what did you can do, guy, <laughs> right? NBC Sports Boston, you need Jeremy Romick. You need him. Because, NBC Sports everywhere. Yeah, he's interesting and funny and batshit crazy and unique and everything that as much as I love Eddie Olchek and Doc Emmerich and all the all the people you want to put between the benches no offense yeah. to them you know the rotating David Krejci a potato farm or yeah, in the like, Czech Republic makes one, one time David Pasternak but he still walked around like that for 17 <laughs> years until he became an NHL superstar and got a Satan sized contract <laughs> I just, I can't, and I get, and I'm sorry, Mark, if you get hammered, like, shut her up. And I'm sure all the Don't other worry. people. Ernie, Ernie will text me. All the other people, with, and he's going to have to lower this segment because I know I'm yelling, but what can I do? And I'm sure there's a lot of other people with vaginas out there that are going to disagree with me, including some men who used to 
be able. I don't. I just feel like there's a way different level. It's not sexual harassment. He was telling a funny story. I'm sorry. I was telling a funny yeah. story down at the local establishment when I was watching the Bruins game on Friday. It was like, chicklets, oh, man. Come on. Oh my god. Seriously. I just. Again, and that's the other thing. You have someone who is a nonconformist, kind of fun, silly, out of... He's never tried to be anything but who he right. is, Jeremy Roenick. On a show, that's whole entire thing is about... You think he's not going to pretend to... Like, he can't trade kill stories. He's been married 25 years or whatever. And also, by the way, his family is beautiful. Like, you know, think, can you imagine being married to this crazy dude for all these years? But whatever. By the way, shout out to um, Jeremy Roenick, Mass Native Theater Academy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not trying to be mad, but like seriously, Jay, this is not the same. This is not the same as uh thing. So, in a world where Austin not a, nothing Austin Matthews, but can drunkenly have a 21-year-old moment with his friends and scare the sh out of a girl who didn't sue you or anything, didn't even want you to get in trouble basically. It was just kind of like not cool, maybe be more aware, drunky. <laughs> That's okay. Right, because he's young and he's the face. He's one of the faces he's of the league. Releasing, but <laughs> Jeremy Roenick can't tell a funny freaking story. Maybe Jeremy Roenick's releasing because he gets to be around the boys again, and it's funny. And like, yeah. again, that's not even the craziest shit that was said on Spit and Chicklets that day. Okay, like all the mostly in or in the two hundred some odd episodes. I'm just saying, like, again, he wasn't on. Yo, ESPN's coverage right. or whatever. He was on... He wasn't on Don Imus or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, he's not on, like, the Ray and Dregs podcast or something that's more professional, you know? He's not... A, he was being him, he was asked some questions, and he told a few funny stories. And here's a tip. If you think Jeremy's Ronick's the only one that wouldn't go to bed with his wife and Catherine, or possibly Patrick Sharp... <laughs> telling you. You're wrong. Boing factor. Sorry, I'm not trying to downplay it too. They'll kickstand material. Like, You're downplaying. I'm not downplaying it. This is just proof positive of how fucking bat crap crazy the world has become. Chris Blackie. And this doesn't change anything. Chris banning, in the hood. Banning Jeremy Roenick for saying Jeremy Roenick like things is not going to make girls not get assaulted or boys for that matter young men women whatever that does not change that kind you know what I mean like the when the, people on casting couches or whatever. Jeremy Roenick is not Harvey Weinstein or Bill Cosby. Can we just put that in perspective? Again, he didn't say it to them. It's not like, oh, Jeremy Roenick got caught trying to put his hand up Catherine's skirt at the Winter Classic. And the Winter Classic just got that much more boring. Just yes. saying. That, that is actually... Winter Classic Wednesday, Dallas. Wednesday in Dallas. <laughs> Isn't that terrible to say? Okay, so I just had to all week... I was like, you should have seen my first anchor. It was way angrier and had a lot more F-words and a lot more everyone suck my giant okay. flying <laughs> hockey box. We are getting off the trail Guess here. what? We got some ratings. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about some ratings. <laughs> hey, and by the way, I want to talk... I just want to tell you that all... Thank you so much for listening to our words and encouragement about going to a platform like Apple Podcasts and doing a five-star review and a rating because we have passed 100. 102, ratings. baby. 102. Want to shout out the Power Play Podcast, Earn, um, my Courtney, uh, my dad probably Everybody did. who I've harassed to go yeah. do it and listen. And I mean, this this woman works in a sub shop in a fantastic freaking fantastic roast beef yeah. calzone with barbecue sauce it's unbelievable i get one every week he's obsessed extra barbecue sauce, sauce yes. it's so so good geo's Annisbury. 
uh, no free ads. Um, but she literally haunts these customers that are walking in and say, I'm not going to give you your food until you give us a rating. <laughs> to be fair, too, though, like, people associate me. They, like, before I was even on here, like, people, like, like if the Bruins have a bad game, no one wants to make eye contact. Oh, head down. That was one of my favorite moments, actually. We want to think about general moments in uh, the 2000 and, you know, 10s or whatever is after we lost to Philly, you know, remember oh. when they came back, 2010. I know we've all blocked it out because we won a Stanley Cup after that, and it was okay, and we beat them and then got our Stanley Cup. Uh, but that's when so many folks kids, understood the, the the importance of having David Krejci in the lineup. My, my kids came to school the next day, and no one wants to make eye contact with me because they know it. they... And I'm like, guys, just a hockey game. It's not your fault. I'm sure you wanted them to win too. And it's like, it's just sports, all right? It's disappointing. You feel disappointed. But it's sports, man. Keep it in perspective. But one of my other favorite moments is, and I don't know if you remember just because we had been drinking some beverages, but we were together when we beat Tampa Bay and went to go to the 2011 season. We were down at the club. Yes. And it was like 30 seconds left. And I looked at you and was like, holy shit, we're playing for the Stanley Cup. Yes. And you were like, shh, shh. Because 30 seconds is a long time, which we found out in, you know, 2013, yes. real quick. Um, but, yeah, I remember the tears. Oh. That was almost as great as winning the actual cup. Oh, yeah. it was like I cried like a baby. We're, we, we're the generation of fans that not a lot of good hope happened. That was my for, first cup. For a lot of our lives, right? There was a lot of frustration and great players, right. but no chemistry, you know, whatever. And that was a big moment, I think, almost as big as winning the cup that year. But, uh. That's the rant. Good things. Reviews. We're awesome. No, we're not. Mark's awesome. Yeah, we're, but, not, um, we're not a pat ourselves on the back type of podcast. Th- thanks like for a couple, continuing. A couple of them are, that are out there. Oh, please don't get me started on that. No, I know. No, Gosh, I, won't. I won't do that. coward. Coward. Well, All right, anyway. Don't hashtag I'm anything. On, I don't want to But anyways, that, we got but... 102 ratings. Um, we had mentioned before uh, our friend Ernie. He wrote, looking forward to listening every week. Does Heather ever stop taking breath? That's how I knew it was Ernie because he said Heather instead of Heather. Uh, and we also got Corky Bruins fan left us that said, as a fan of the Bruins podcast, this has been one of my favorites for a couple years. Heather and Mark are informative and do a good job keeping the Bruins hockey news I need every week. Thanks for... The time and keep up the hard work. Mark works way harder than I do. Um, I just am a geek that likes to write things down. He gives me more credit than I deserve because uh, I have too much going on. And then lets me rant about things like Jeremy Roenick's <laughs> suspension. Uh, the Milani 31. I don't know if that's how you say it. I apologize. I'll send the best bees podcast around. Well, thank you. Nice. And that's nice to hear. Thank you. Uh, Love tuning in every week to hear the latest and greatest of uh, Bruins coverage from top to bottom. With the great flow to the show, it makes it incredibly easy to listen to and keep up with all your Bruins needs. Well, thank you. Since Mark and I, at least once a week, like I just was doing, is tripping over our faces. But thank you. Um, Speaking of that, I'd like to give a shout out to one of my favorite Bruins podcasts, too. Go ahead. I love Evan, okay? The Bruins beat. I love that, dude. I just want to say, you like, obviously, we do a Bruins hockey podcast, but we are Bruins fans, and that's why we do this. And I listen to a lot of things, like the skate pop, whatever, but... Every time I listen to Evan, I just love that kid. He does a good job. Great he works job. Works hard. He's he, invested. He gets in... unbelievable guests. Yeah, like and Pete, he just... Pete Blackburn, Connor Ryan, and he interviews like he's always been sitting there doing. Yeah, and he's Jack done. Edwards like, yeah. and the kids in at UMass. He works his his ass off, and it's always a pleasure to see uh, when we 
have a have time to cover uh, the Bruins development camp when I have media yeah. access. Always good to see him. Matt Castle, yeah. Matt Kalman, yeah. all those guys. It, it's just unbelievable. I, I, I'm basically in shock when I get media access for events and those guys are there because how they work how they, you know, they're very professional. So, Evan, shout out to you. And yeah, the, I just wanted to say that. And the uh, Bruins Beat podcast on CLNS Media, which we are, and kind of, we are working with CLNS Media. Uh, those guys do a great job, and they brought us on. So we constantly, we're doing ad reads for them, and, and uh, we continue to uh, have a great relationship, I believe. So, yeah, shout out, Evan. So that's all I have. Hopefully the boys get uh, eight points this week. Yes, uh, two, four, six, eight. Who do we appreciate? Bruce, 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 Bruce. Jeremy Roenick. I did not just make him get suspended forever and plus one. Um, <laughs> and now it's time for the Patreon. We love our Patreon members. We love all our members, but the Patreon members are the ones that really support the show financially, not only by listening and sharing. So if you want to be a part of the Patreon uh, membership and, and crew, please go to patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast. Donate just one dollar. That's all we ask. We're not we're not crazy money asking folks just a dollar per episode and you get involved and eligible to be uh, to be able to win a, a, a free t-shirt from Fanatics, which is another advertising partner of ours. Uh, we work together very well with them. So one dollar gets you a, uh, a chance in a drawing to win a free Bruins-related T-shirt. So, uh, again, I want to uh, reiterate on our previous conversations in the month of December. Fanatics has been a little crazy on getting sizes. So, if they they have like five XXL, six XXL, and small, there's no happy in between. So. I'm unable to um, get the sizes that you guys have requested when I have reached out and asked you for sizes and shipping details. So please hang tight. Let me get into January and get these orders done. If we still have a problem with getting certain size details, because you guys are the Patreon members and the ultimate members, honestly, you guys really help cut our operating costs. And I want to get a size that you're going to wear on the regular if i can't get that next month all i'm going to do is just buy a bunch of larges and just to get caught up with all the deliveries and then as the as the the months go on into the 2019-20 season obviously 2020 uh, new decade and everything i'll get back on to doing more regular individual sizes and so on so if it get, comes down to it i'm just gonna have to send you guys all a large whether you wear it or not, or give it to, give it as a gift to a family member or a friend. So, regardless, your dollar is not going to be forgotten, uh, regardless of uh, popular opinion out there. Um, but we want to thank those uh, Patreon members who have been such a huge asset in the 2019 calendar year. We want to thank our listeners who have also been an unbelievable asset. And if you can, spend your gift cards that you got for Christmas this year. Go to blackandgoldhockey.com. The website click on the fanatics banner to the right and uh, before shopping online and then you just go through there and navigate all the way you want you can get football nascar baseball golf ncaa stuff whatever click on that and then go to the search bar and go to wherever you want and we stay connected and get commissioned so it will certainly help us out and if you like i said if you have a 25 50 100 or whatever gift card from fanatics that you got from your your mother, father, grandfather, friend, grandmother, whatever, 
use it there. Grandma's certainly, friend. Yeah, it certainly helps us out. So, with that being said, did I say the Patreon member yet? No, I did not. The winner of this week's Patreon is... Courtney Otis. Yay. Courtney. Courtney is a uh, is the lovely Courtney Otis has won a, a free T-shirt from the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Thank you so much for your contributions. Said that word totally wrong. I love when I do that. Contributions. Yeah, I get tongue tied when I get excited because I'm looking excited for her to get this T-shirt. So, um, thank you, Courtney, for your con- uh, continual support. Uh, an amazing woman. I know her for a fact. Um, but anyway, uh, to wrap up. The last episode, episode 160 of 2019. Just gonna say, guys, I'm just I'm proud of where this show has gone and where it's going, and where it's gonna take us in the in the next year, the next decade. So, uh, thank you for being along for the ride. Uh, we could not do this without you guys uh, and the financial supporters and the folks that share. Um, all the folks that uh, <clears throat> the blackandgoldhockey.com website, those writers work their ass off to to basically put this show on as well. Cannot you know th- their contributions are huge. Yeah. Uh, Heather, you've been a great asset since June. Uh, I want to continue to work with you because I think this is this is something that we we have fun doing. We it's fun. And, you know it's great to get back to seeing you on a regular basis as as basically my best friend. So. Um, I'm looking forward to the next year, and uh, and and more success on, on on this platform for both of us and and uh, all members of the Black and Gold Hockey um, production team. So, <sighs> I'm out of breath. I was gonna say, uh, thank you for having me. It's been fun. Pink uh, wit time. Let that be a lesson to all of you out there. If you want to be able to see your friends more, just you know, go on their podcast when they ask to come. come on, on. Right? We're basically um, family members that can't stay away from each other. Um, but once we talk hockey, it's like can't yeah, get away from it's each other. Like I said, all, all we're doing now is having the same arguments and discussions that we. I mean, we've got to be thing, you know, a little more put together because trust me. Once we get drinks in us, it's like turn. <laughs> Even if we are agreeing about something, we'll still be fighting about what we're agreeing about. Like, we should no, do that. We're not the hearing season. each other. We should. Have well, we did, drunk. and it didn't come out. Man. I know. <laughs> That's yeah. what we did. That's what happened. June through. I know. We should have a drunken podcast and just. Sit oh yeah, what totally. Each other. Like I said, we gotta get. We owe our friends. We were supposed to get one. We were gonna do a fun like, yeah. friend like you know and. We'll just put a bunch of things in, in like a fishbowl and we'll just pull them out and see what happens. Uh, but I would like to say thank you for having me. Uh, thanks to all the listeners and all the Patreon supporters and all your supporters we, you know, you've had. And I mean, you've been doing this a long time. I've only been 2016, here for a few. January 2016. So it's been so three, going on five years now. Yeah. Four years, Four whatever. Years. Math is bad. I'm like, math is five. That's all right. We're not that. You're not a numbers guy. That's okay. Thank uh, God I didn't need math to graduate high school. Uh, at least that higher <laughs> level of like, how many years have I been doing this? But um, I would like to say, too, that Happy New Year's to everyone. Yes. And although we all come together because we all love the Bruins, you know, everybody have a safe and happy New Year. Absolutely. Have fun. Not too much fun. Uh, as I used to tell my kids before they'd go on any vacations, these were the Miss Anderson rules. And for the record, I taught high school kids. Play hard, have fun, no names in the papers unless you're saving kitties from burning buildings or grandmas. Right, and what happened in the strip club, stay in the strip club. 
If you're Sorry, having to I name a strip club, that no, I'm just kidding. Sorry, I, I want to add. Rocking. No, I'm just kidding. I want to add before we do leave, as it close, as the 2019 uh, calendar year closes, it, it is a time to reflect and have fun with family and friends. But please do it responsible. Yeah. Please go to Lyft. Please go to Uber. Please call a cab. Please walk. Please, everyone whatever you crash do, out of house. yeah, whatever you do, please do it safely. Um, we need you as listeners. We want to continue this relationship with you, and we can't do this on deaf ears or dead ears. Uh, so please don't hurt yourself or others. Be responsible. Drink your pink wit. No ads here. Uh, responsible and and. We need you here when the Bruins hoist that cup. Absolutely. So. Wow, that's a lofty goal, Herb. Hey, New Year's resolutions, baby. <laughs> New know. Year's resolutions. With that being said, Heather Ingerson, Mark, I'm Mark Allred. She's Heather Ingerson. <laughs> wow, we're getting off the trails here. But thank you so much, everybody, uh, for listening. And we will talk to you again in 2020. Bye. Thanks again for listening to and supporting the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family, and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com, and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.